Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com/newsadfree to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and this is part three of the North America Charging Sander Extravaganza. Should that be what the title of these are? Maybe maybe that's what we should title them. Anyway, this is part three, and this episode is brought to you by the following Patreon supporters. Alan, Friendly Sleet 66, Joseph Jerbo, Jeffrey, Steve, Bruce W., and Isaiah. Now, if you were a keen listener, you'd be like, hey, you mentioned Jerbo like in episode on part one. Why did you mention him again? Well, Jerry supports me on ACAST Plus and on Patreon. And I'm thinking, Jerry, you should probably cancel your Patreon one because I know that you had a, an issue with that. But anyway, just just a heads up that you're doing that. Moving on, <laughs> I just realized it myself uh, as we were talking right now. Moving on, let's jump into our North America Charging Standard episode, part three. And we're going to delve into a little bit more. I know we've talked about this a little bit, uh, but we're going to delve a little bit more into what would inspire EV manufacturers to adopt the North American Charging Standard. And then we're going to get move on to the Society of Automotive Engineers. So let's set the table, shall we? I imagine all the EV manufacturers are taking a moment to contemplate developing their own connector, right? Tesla did it. You would, it would make sense that all these other companies would be like, what if we did it? What, what would happen? Um, honestly, it would cost them a lot of money and there'd be minimal benefits in doing so. So they look at what's out on the market now. You have J1772 and CCS1 connectors. We've already talked about J1772. There's nothing wrong with that. And I won't hear anyone slander. I, I won't stand for anyone to slander the J1772 connector. However, the CCS1 connector does have some problems. And there's, you know, feedback of countless EV owners who have an issue with the CCS1 connector. And we've talked about this. Like, it's it's hard to plug in. The cable's heavy. Uh, the cable is uh, delicate. It's fragile. It's, sometimes they break, which leads the charger to be down for a long time. Uh, those are not minor inconveniences. Like, the greater issue at hand is the struggle for charge point operators who use CS, CCS1 connectors to keep their equipment online. So a study in 2022 by UC Berkeley researchers, 
it cast a little spotlight on 181 charging stations supporting, or excuse, excuse me, sporting 670 charge points across nine counties in the Bay Area. So there's 181 stations, 678 plugs across nine counties in San Francisco Bay Area. The A significant 27.5% of the chargers with CCS connectors were inoperable upon testing. So they suffered from issues such as uh, charge initiation failures, which is all about the software, network breakdowns, broken connectors, unresponsive screens, and payment system failures. So they tested all of these CCS connectors across nine counties, 680, 678 chargers, right? 27.5% of them were broken for a variety of reasons. Eight days later, they followed up with their evaluation with a random 10% of the EVSEs, the electric vehicle supply equipment, the chargers, and it indicated no improvement in functionality. And it's also noteworthy that nearly 5% of the time charging cables fell short of reaching their EV charge port for these third-party EVs. So even... EV companies that are designed to support third-party EVs, you know, even EV charging companies, excuse me, that are designed to, to, to charge cars that aren't Teslas are falling short on their cable links. But this, this challenge isn't limited to the Bay Area. It's not just because it's in San Francisco as much as a lot of people would like to blame it on San Francisco. That's not why. This is a reoccurring narrative of subpar charging experience shared by users across our nation. I don't have any idea what charging is like in uh, if you don't live in the U.S. in your country. If you if you live outside of North America, let me know. I would be interested. Bodie at 918digital.com. But as it stands right now, it's a problem. It's a, it's a real problem in the U.S. Uh, this predicament is exasper- exacerbated. <laughs> Uh, exacerbated by growing the by the growing need for more chargers and more charging stations across the, the North America. Uh, potential EV buyers are hearing about these horror stories when it comes to charging, and some of them are fairy tales. Some of them are real, right? Uh, I've not I've not really heard about a stranded family. Uh, due to a battery that ran out. I'm sure it happens, but I don't think it happens as much as people say it happens. So there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt out there. But on the other side, it doesn't help when you have these EV chargers that are broken on a regular basis, and they can be broken for a long time. But to be fair, Tesla isn't immune to these challenges. However, they seem to be a little bit more proactive in addressing these issues. And they do seem anecdotally, because I don't have any numbers to prove this, they do seem to fix them faster. Uh, Tesla reports a 99.95% uptime in 2022, a 99.96% uptime in 2021. Although I don't know if that these numbers have been confirmed by an independent audit it's just kind of Tesla saying, this is what we got. So what I'm saying and what I've been trying to say throughout this series is that uh, charging networks are 
problematic. And it's problematic for EV adoption, and it's problematic when you need a charger. So the adoption of the NAX connector and NAX port will equip a vehicle with uh, the versatility to charge on Tesla's supercharger network and other CPO sites with NAX connectors. Who knows, you know, how much uptime, and I don't, I don't think ha- just having a NAX connector is going to improve uptime at third-party charging uh, networks or charging networks that aren't the supercharger. But if you have a car that's compatible with, you know, a NAX, a NAX connector and, and you don't need to use an adapter, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I can't imagine that you're going to get your full charging speed when you use an adapter, right? If you're going from Chattamo to NAX, you're not going to get your full charging speed off of that. If you go to J1772 to NAX, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be some slowdown with that adapter. And then adapters are expensive. So if you could just plug in anywhere, just like Tesla's doing, Tesla's putting the CCS1 adapter, Magic Dock adapters on their cars. If you can just plug in anywhere, I think that's going to be a an advantage to us as EV owners. Not that long ago, I think it was in June, there was a JD Power, uh, JD Power uh, intelligence report and they said that embracing the next standard, automakers are connecting customers to the most expansive and reliable charging network. So it was JD Power that said that. The same report highlighted during Q1 2023, 21.6 of non-Tesla EV owners face charging issues at stations in contrast to 3.9% of Tesla owners experiencing similar problems at supercharger networks. So we have non-Tesla owners, 21.6%, which that Bay Area study that we talked about was 27.5%. So that's within that, you know, normal, that range. Um, And Tesla owners, 3.9% of that. So based on that, on the surface, this seems like a no-brainer. This seems like you would be dumb not to... Not to adopt the the next connector, the next standard. Why wouldn't you? Well, I can give you one really good reason, and that is Elon Musk. Now, I do not have the negative emotions that some people have uh, with Elon. Like, I do think he's kooky, and I do think sometimes his opinions are problematic. And I really wish that he had a little bit more of a stable, emotional foundation around him and uh it wasn't quite what what it is but i don't i don't dislike elon musk but i also <laughs> i also think that uh he's the kind of person that would make an agree make agreements with a bunch of different auto uh manufacturers get mad and then flip the proverbial table over and take his charging connector home and leave all those other people stranded they would sue him they'd all be in court for years he's still going to lose he doesn't care that that would be the number one reason why i would not um do business if i was an e- if i was a ceo of an automaker i would not do business with us the, the number one. So something has to happen that removes that control. Like you can have all of the lawyers sign all of the agreements. It doesn't seem from the outside that Elon cares about that. So you have to have something uh, in terms of an actual standard, because just because it's called the North America charging standard, that doesn't make it a standard. So you have to have somebody come in 
and be independent third party, make it, make it its own thing that one company doesn't control. And that's exactly what the Society of Automotive Engineers is doing. They are set to create a NACS standard and CHAR-IN, which is a global uh, charging system association EV group, they're supporting it. Now, CHAR-IN also supports CCS1 and 2. And back in November, when Tesla <laughs> announced the NAX connector, this is what Char-In had to say. So they weren't, I'm going to read it and we'll go through it. Uh, this is what they had to say back in November of 2022, when nobody except for Aptera was interested in adopting the NAX connector. Char-In applauds Tesla for including DIN 70121 and ISO 15118-02 communication standards for the NAX proposal. I'm guessing this is has something to do with Char-In. We also appreciate Tesla's efforts to move the e-mobility market forward even faster than it's moving now. Here's here's here comes the the hammer. However, we encourage stakeholders to investigate ways to focus on market acceleration rather than the creation of yet another form factor alternative, which will lead to further consumer confusion, delay in EV adoption. CCS has uh, gone through many years of rigorous standard standardization processes, which is a required activity for any new standard proposal. After a decade of collaboration work, the domestic and international EV industry has aligned around CCS. So that that's Charin saying, this is cute, but now. You're adorable, but now. Uh, also, also uh, the, 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 the next standard, the Tesla connector has been around since 2012. Again, this goes back to what I said last episode. It's not like they're just pulling this whole cloth out of the air and be like, hey, here you go. Here's a new connector. Like this has been around and it's been been used um, a lot over the last couple of years. And what what Char-In is really saying here, which is the equivalent. Okay, let's let's suppose let's do let's break this down here. What they're doing here is let's pretend you see someone from your past that you didn't really care for that much, right? You don't ever want to see them be successful. You don't want anything bad to happen to them, but you don't want to hear about their successes, right? So you see them, you ask, hey, how's everything going? And they're like, oh, I just got this huge promotion with this enormous raise. I just bought a house and I just got back from this amazing vacation and I'm going on another amazing vacation next week. And you're like, oh, that's fantastic. Meanwhile, you're wearing the same underwear that you've worn for the last four days. Your tires are bald on your car because you can't afford to buy new tires. And they, you know, they catch you picking out a hemorrhoid cream in the Safeway pharmacy. Uh, so they know you got hemorrhoids. Uh, Charin, in this situation, has hemorrhoids. Like, their statement is like, that's cute, Tesla. Glad for your success. But you know what? What we're doing we've put a lot of hard work into it and honestly things right now have turned around uh charin has has changed their opinion somewhat they are now supporting efforts towards the north america charging standard um but they're still in a relationship with ccs so here's a little bit from their website i think it's on their front page um charin's next goal is to define requirements for the evolution of CCS-related standard and for the certification of CCS-based products 
Um, I would imagine that uh, much of what would work with CCS, honestly, would transfer over to the next standard. But yeah, it doesn't sound like like they're not dropping the CCS connector anytime soon. But any improvements that they make on the CCS connector or any uh, headway that they make, they will transfer over to NAX or should. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now that leads us to the standards body, the Society of Automotive Engineers. The NAX connector, also in, in that world of SAE will be known as SAE J3400. Now, the Joint U.S. Office of Energy and Transportation worked with Tesla and the SAE to expedite the standardization of the Tesla connector. So this is a little bit from the press release from the Society of Automotive Engineers. Standardizing the NAX connector will provide certainty, expanded choice, reliability, and convenience to manufacturers, suppliers, and most of all, increase access to charging for consumers, said Frank Menchaca, president of the Sustainable Mobility Solutions, an innovation arm of the SAE affiliate Full Site. It also went on to say that even though Tesla has said NAX connector is a standard, it is not a standard until it's gone through and reached industry consensus. And that standard is standardization practice is intended to assure excuse me assure a reliable and consistent performance for any EV or any charging network. So how do they do this? Well, it was a little bit it was kind of hard to find information on how the Society of Automotive Engineers works in terms of um, of uh, the process for creating a standard, right? And I was more specifically interested in this situation because much of the the Tesla connector was already done before they made it the charging North America charging standard. So I was curious. And then tomorrow today, which is a fantastic podcast from the Society of Automotive Engineers, it is great. I uh, started listening to it back in July, and I would highly encourage you to listen to it as well. It's nerdy and full of good information. They had a podcast episode, and I'll put a link in the show notes, about uh, the standardization of the North America Charging Standard. So we're going to go over that real quick. Um, I'm not going to play, it was 45 minutes long, I'm not going to play any of the the content from their podcast, I just encourage you to go and listen. But here are the highlights. Standardization for the next connector, part one. I don't know why I said part one. Moving on. Unlike typical standardizations starting from scratch or having to reverse engineer something, the North America charging standard already exists and has a significant user base, especially in the DC fast charging stations. And Tesla is just willing to hand over all of the technical paperwork for this. And so they don't have to reverse engineer or come up with something whole cloth, which is great. The process aims to provide a standard of interoperability 
ensuring other manufacturers can easily adopt the connector, which is great. Um, unlike international standards that can take a very long time uh, to come to fruition, the SAE process has a little, it's a little bit different. This standardization efforts are driven by individual experts that are also involved in writing the standard. So consensus is easier to come by as a pair, compared to international standards. And honestly, I don't know how consensus is made at the international level. So uh, that's just what they said. So don't ask me any follow-up questions on that. The existence of widespread, the widespread use of NACS connectors facil- facilitates faster standardization and direct access to necessary drawings and specifications avoiding the need for reverse engineering. Okay, so we already talked about that. In the developing of this standard, they have all these knowledgeable individuals and organizations, including members of Tesla who work on this standard before, you know, November 2022. So they they have some insight that they can provide. And that will ensure accurate and effective standardization. Like I said, Tesla's had much of this standard already written. Will it be the same thing as it is today by the time they're done? Probably not, but it'll be pretty close. Like there's going to be further evolution of this standard and the charging infrastructure and the communication protocols and, you know, the connected areas, all of that's that, you know, we're going to start with something that's close to what Tesla decided that the North America charging standard should be. And then we're going to move forward with this form factor, this connector. Some of the challenges are that manufacturers need to make mechanical and electrical changes to align with NACS standards. Again, uh, not Tesla's NACS, but the SAE J3400 NACS, right? That's probably why most of these companies aren't adopting this until 2025, because they want the standard to be written before they adopt it, be my guess. Whatever the SAE need, does, it needs to be compatible with the existing infrastructure out there. So that's, you know, probably not easy to do. So what's the timeline? Well, they're aiming to publish a technical information report in about six months. But the standard won't be complete for around 11 months. So we're looking at sometime next summer before the standard's complete. Uh, this is actually an expedited timeline because it typically takes between 16 and 18 months to develop a complete standard from scratch. So it's a little bit faster. But even then, there's going to need to be continuous vetting and bra- best practice publications and you know follow-ups and things like that. We, we need to completely reevaluate this stuff. And one of the questions that was asked is, will J1772 go away? And I think the same question can be asked for CCS1. And I would say the answer is maybe, but the J1772 standard will continue to live on and evolve, um, catering to regions that already use this uh, connector. And then there's expectation that there will be some references from the J1772 document in the new J3400 NAX document in terms of technical um documentation they'll borrow from j7 1772 like communications protocols and things like that which i think is smart there's no sense in reinventing the wheel and then you know is how is this benefit beneficial beneficial 
Standardization is seen as a way to reduce development costs, improve scalability, and ultimately benefit both the industry and consumers, right? We go back to that that email that I was talking about on the last episode and, you know, won't, won't uh, adding another connector into the mix increase cost? Well, if we all go with one connector, which I don't think we should, that'll actually reduce cost. So I think that that's uh, important to note here. And then, you know, the next standard could enhance charging experiences, making EVs more appealing, easy to charge, and thus promoting future EV adoption. I realize this is a lot. And if I'm not doing a very good job <laughs> explaining this stuff, please let me know. It, it I went through over 70 uh, pieces of source material for this, not including the videos that I watched uh, with the the CEOs of Jim Farley's, you know, Mary Barra. Not incl- I, I watched so many different videos, Sandy Monroe videos, you, you name it, to try and uh, get as prepared as I could for this episode. And I know that it isn't, it doesn't run smoothly. I don't think it, it flows very well. I think sometimes I feel like I'm all over the place. But if you have questions that you need me to answer, please let me know. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital, which is actually called X now. I didn't know if you know that. Uh, you can find me at 918digital there. And yeah, I hope everybody has a wonderful day and I will talk to you on Friday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.